Gosh, this is so awesome, man. I never in a million years thought something like this would happen. Out of turn number four come the most powerful weight models on the planet, the world of outlaws. I call Scott my dad, and uh, <laughs> nothing like the best in the business, breathing down your throat your first outlaw win. Ah, welcome everybody. Episode number 11 of Stick Signals, and we are ready for another fun weekend of action. It's race week. Mike Warren, how are you? Not too bad, my friend. It's uh, it's another beautiful day up here in the uh, state of Vermont right now. Getting ready. We go, we go back out to the Midwest. Yeah, getting set to go to the state of Iowa once again. First visit to Richmond this past weekend. First visit to Boone this weekend. And first visit to Mississippi Thunder next weekend. So uh, it's definitely a new swing for the Outlaws. Uh, this week is going to be fun. Before we talk about Boone, Mike, let's go ahead and talk about Richmond Raceway. Uh, what were your thoughts about it? Well, you know, it was it was a pretty cool new track. You know, can't can't complain about that. It was pretty good. Uh, one thing I always gauge, the concession stand was good, which is one of my top... Uh, things as you guys will learn ah lucky i didn't even get to hit the concession stand i didn't even realize where it was for till about halfway through the night actually but that's it that's another story we can talk about later but it, it was pretty cool you know the pits on the back straight away coming in through turn three and it was it's a nice little bull ring yeah it is so it's funny uh that you mentioned the pits because actually that tornado uh tornado hit there back in the 80s the promoter was telling me and the the front straightaway used to be the back stretch and the back straightaway used to be the front stretch and when the tornado hit it wiped everything out so they just made the pits in the back and that place has a very fun story it's the 55th year it's been open so richmond raceway i'll tell you what they they understood the track had a lot of character during the dry dean heat races and the last chance showdown so they went out there they watered the track they took their time to prep it right and we saw a good little feature uh, madden took a shot for the lead but yeah congratulations to tim mccready richmond raceway uh that it, it spiced things up for being one night obviously mike Bruce Creek canceled on a Saturday. That will not be to be made up with the outlaws. Um, Gustin, Ryan Gustin, not there. Let's touch on that real quick. Ryan Gustin was not there because he was on his way uh, to Richmond, obviously Friday, and their hauler broke down. So they were not able to get that repaired. Gustin got hardship points. Now, hardship points is a total of 90 points, and Gustin gets that. So there's that. Uh, first visit to Boone Speedway. What do you got, Mike? Well, it's it's not only the first visit to Boone Speedway. It's going to be the richest event in the track's history. So, as we know, Hawkeye 100 coming up this Friday and Saturday. It's going to have a unique format, which we'll get to in a second. But thirty grand to win for the Hawkeye 100, 1500 to start. And the other three divisions, the IMCA Sport Mods, the Modifieds, and the Stock Cars, are going to be fighting for a purse of over $31,000. So there's a lot of money on the line between everybody this weekend. There is. And I got to ask, obviously you've never been to Boone. Never mind. So I'm not going to ask you. So Boone Speedway, uh, have you seen video of it? I'll say that. I have not, but I did look up on the Google Maps what it looks like, and I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. Boone Speedway is one of those tracks that slicks off from bottom to top. Obviously, it's that good dark clay that cleans off really well, and it's going to be Slide Job City at Boone. Uh, Yeah. By the way, interesting format. Three wide start on saturday let's let's talk about the unique format heading into this weekend mike i'll let you explain that well the way things are going to go we're going to have slick woody's qualifying on friday only i'm going to clear just so we're clear so slick woody's qualifying is going to start the night off then it's going to be split into two 25 lap features that'll be known as the twin hawks we'll run those those are split features which are not going to count as an official wins on the tour just want to clarify that in case brandon shepherd does it again which could very well happen. Now, the way that this works, though, drivers will be getting points from qualifying and the 
two Twin Hawks, and the way it'll work, that'll set the lineup for the heat races on, sorry, the driving heat races on Saturday night. So that's how that works, and it'll go the heat races, last chance showdowns. That'll set up the lineup for the three-wide 100-lap feature event, the Hawkeye 100 on Saturday night. And obviously going into the weekend, it's a big weekend because that three-wide start is going to mean a lot. Uh, let's look at the top five in points, Mike, right now. Brandon Shepard sits as your leader. Chris Madden and Kyle Strickler are tied for second, 46 points behind Shepard. Tyler Bruning, fourth in points, 64 points behind. Ricky Weiss, fifth, 66 points behind. Now, Ricky Weiss... He was obviously our rookie of the year two years ago. We known him as Mr. Consistent. Mike, obviously you were more in the big block world. You haven't seen much of Ricky Weiss. He hasn't really been consistent lately, but second at Bristol did really well, obviously got into the redraw at Richmond. I think his consistency is starting to kick in again. That team is starting to settle down and get organized. I think Ricky Weiss is going to be a big factor coming up. And then you look at Bruning, Strickler, Madden, and Shepard. This top five is insane. Well, with Ricky Weiss to start off, he's back-to-back top five finishes, and that's really put him in position to sneak into the run. So weirdly, you look at the point standings. Okay, Brandon Shepard gained on second, but then if he looks over his shoulder, I'm sure he realizes right away, yeah, everybody's coming now. So he has to be on his game. And it wasn't it wasn't a bad finish, per se, for Shepard on Friday night. It wasn't the best either. I'm sure he'd obviously like to move up a little bit. But, you know, I, I still say this. That Rocket 1 car is going to catch fire at some point. And everybody's going to have to look out. But the question now is, when is it going to be? And you say not his best finish. Well, how about this, Mike? He finished ninth. That is his eighth top 10 of the season. Still has the most top 10s out of any driver, and that's why he's your point leader. Uh, you look at Chris Madden, he has a seven top 10s, five top fives, and a, vi- and a, and a win for Madden. So uh, going into this swing, obviously we have our eyes on Tyler Bruning and Ryan Gustin. At the end of the year, Mike, if you want money, you want to be in the top 10 of points. Ryan Gustin and Boom Briggs are tied for 10th right now, 202 points behind. Does Bruning or Gustin get a win these upcoming two weeks? What is your thoughts? I think it's possible. It's very possible, but I think it's, you know, just like everything, how you start the night Friday, because every lap's going to matter on Friday night, no question about it, is really going to see where that's going to set the stage on Saturday. One of the reasons I say that, you mentioned Chris Madden. He has more top fives than anybody else with five so far this season. He also has more driving heat race wins than everybody, which has put him in position to be as consistent as he has over the stretch run where you can argue he's been the best driver on the racetrack on the tour. Yeah, Chris Madden has been in just about every redraw that there's been, and obviously Strickler uh, up there as well with those two victories and those four top fives. He's been doing good in those driving heat races. Guys, Shepard has not even won a driving heat race this year yet. So yes, he's your point leader right now. He's been consistent, but it's going to get tougher once he starts figuring out qualifying and getting those driving heat races because Shepard's really going to catch fire from when he, when he figures out those driving heat races. Now, speaking of Brandon Shepard, here's a stat for you that I think you guys might be shocked at. The last three trips to the state of Iowa, Brandon Shepard won all three of them. Granted, all three were at Davenport, but it's still the last time we've been to the state of Iowa and he swept last year. That is right. And one was a crazy photo finish with Ricky Thornton Jr. And that, that's a whole story that night. But yes, that is right. And obviously, we are going back to Davenport later this year. Uh, visit worldofoutlaws.com to see that schedule. That's a big weekend coming up as well. So there, there's a lot of things that is going to play into a lot of drivers' favors going forward. But it's really the consistency. And who gets out the gate on Friday night and select what he's qualifying, I think, is going to be huge to set the tone for the rest of the weekend. So we're talking about the championship. Let's talk about the rookie of the year. Ryan Gustin. Hey, we are only going to be 12 races in after, after this weekend. He is still in it. I, I'm going to say he's still in. He's 11th in points. I talked to them. That team is more driven than ever. And obviously, we're going to have him on today's episode. Um, let's talk about the rookie of the year. Strickler's in third. 
Bruning's in fourth. Does Bruning now win the rookie of the year this year? I think it's very possible. And it's 16 points between the two of them and the rookie of the year chase going in. And I don't know if I would have said this about a month ago, but it just shows the bad luck that Strickler's been having. And he seems like it just can't break him. I mean, I'm sure you've heard this statement in racing before. If you didn't have bad luck, you'd have no luck at all. And I'm starting to get that way with Strickler, the way he's been going. But Bruning has quietly had those top 10 runs with five of them. And it's, he's getting there. And you're going into two tracks right now that really favor Bruning back to back. Yeah, and I talked to him. Uh, he said, you know, Boone is only about three and a half hours away from my house. I'm excited to go to my bed after that night. Mississippi Thunder is just a, a drive down the road for me. So Tyler Bruning, I, I talked to him. Obviously, Shane Clanton no longer uh, full-time with us this season. And, and Clanton, I asked him, is that going to affect you at all this year? Obviously, you've had Clanton as a teammate. He's like, you know what? No, for the most part, even with, with Clanton, when he was on tour with us, he would tell us uh, this, this, and that, but we'd go off our own baselines. Yes, we're not used to this kind of clay compounds. We're not used to these kind of things, but Tyler and them, they have their mind on right. They, they have their head on right, and I'm telling you, that team is a force to be reckoned with. They right are, now. and they've been impressive, and he had a good heat race win on Friday night as well. And, you know, he just the draw weirdly went one, two, three, four, and didn't favor him in that aspect of things. But, you know, with the right draw, he could have easily picked up a win on Friday night. Yeah, and he was in the redraw, obviously, for the top four redraw this past weekend at a track he had never even been to. So Tyler Bruning excited. And uh, by the way, let's just break the news now. We'll have on episode 12 of Stick Signals coming up next week as we go to his home track, Mississippi Thunder. Guys, these two weeks are going to be exciting. Uh, Mike, do you have any final thoughts going into Boone? You know, it's just going to be exciting the way this format is. Like, a lot of money on the line. I love these big, high-paying races early in the season. I think that makes it a lot of fun. And, you know, 30 grand on the line, 100 laps. I'm excited to see the start. Three wide. I mean, I've never, I've only seen this at the Indy 500. To me, this is going to be completely new. It is. They do it during their big uh, Super Nationals event at Boone. But yeah, Boone, it's its own animal. The fans are going to pack the place. That place is going to be fun. Watch every lap live on Dirt Vision, presented by Dryden. If you don't have that fast pass yet, race fans, you uh, you got to get it. Don't wait for stick signals to come out to, to hear the news and what happened or, or you know, Mike's uh, um, stories. But yeah, definitely get that Dirt Vision fast pass today or Platinum Pass. Watch every lap live of this weekend's Hawkeye 100. That's going to do it for our news and notes. And real quick, race fans, stick signals is sponsored. Sponsored by Manscaped, the global leader in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and is now available all over in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, New Zealand with an exclusive offer for you fans right now. We have code STICKSIGNALS21 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Join the movement and the other 2 million men who have trusted Manscaped. Again, that's code STICKSIGNALS21. And race fans, if you, you weren't able to go to Richmond this past weekend or you're not able to go to an outlaw event at all this year and you're just watching on Dirt Vision, don't forget, grab your official merchandise at store.worldofoutlaws.com. Avoid the long lines and just go to store.worldofoutlaws.com and get your merch today. Well, if you noticed, it was me and Mike in the intro today and our good friend Mick, well, he's been busy. Obviously, he went to Bristol this past weekend to the Bristol Throwdown. They got rained out Saturday just like we did and we had to run on Sunday. He was traveling back today and, man, he has had an absolutely busy time and he's busy with a lot of stuff for being outlaw be an outlaw today race fans join the challenge to show your outlaw status and be a leader in the outlaw community when you register for free yes register for free 
You get insider access, adrenaline-packed audio and video content, VIP perks, and swag you can't get elsewhere. Start the challenge. Show you're an outlaw and experience the next level of the greatest shows on dirt. Start the challenge at beanoutlaw.com. Once again, that's beanoutlaw.com. Well, here on episode 11, we are going to sit down and talk to a driver that is going to be ripping these next two weekends, none other than one of the Rookie of the Year contenders, the Reaper, Ryan Gustin. Ryan, let's start here. You've been super successful in racing. I mean, anyone that knows the Reaper knows the Reaper. For those that don't, they're about to know who you are. Let's start here. Let's start nice and slow. How'd you get started into racing? I started racing go-karts when I was three years old at the Winter Dome there in Des Moines. And uh, I raced a little bit of outdoor stuff, not a whole lot. And then I got into a B-Mod when I was 12 and ran those until I was 16, I believe. Then uh, we went USMGS racing. So then from then on, uh, from there on, we're late model racing now, I guess. So you started B mods at 12. When did you start in uh, A mods? Uh, 16, I believe it was. So 2000 or what was it? 2007, I believe. Okay, so you've had a lot of success. You've always been an open racer kind of guy. Talk about uh, your open career and maybe maybe uh, talk about some of your greatest accomplishments. Uh, just mainly the, the USMTS stuff is kind of where we won most of our races. Uh, uh, two-time national champion. Uh, we won Cedar Lake. The Masters up there paid 50 grand. Won Humboldt twice. King of America. Uh, Fall Nationals in Las Cruces. Silver Dollar Nationals. I mean, we've won... Quite a few races throughout the years and the modified stuff, but the slight model deal, it's a different ball game, that's for sure. I remember that 10,000 to win fall nationals race you speak of. I was there. I, Ryan, I, I grew up watching you. Um, so I, I want to bring up this later on, being a driver west of the Mississippi, how challenge, challenging it is to be in, in the Outlaw Series, but we'll get that in just a little bit. Uh, how tough has it been transitioning from mods to late models for you? Uh, it started out pretty smooth, but I mean, once uh, it's all about the competition you race, and it's, you know, like we were doing more regional stuff when we first started, obviously, and then the summer nationals. But this year has been tough racing with uh, the world of outlaws. It it's as tough as it gets, so uh, you're definitely learning something every night. Now, Ryan, what was it like having your racing shown on the dirt nights and knowing that you have a fan base that carries across the country? That was pretty cool. We still, to this day, have people coming up and telling us that they watch us on dirt nights and stuff, which is uh, it's pretty cool for them to come up and say. But it was, uh, I mean, it was a huge boost for me when I was a young kid, you know, where not a lot of people knew who you were to be it on national TV. You know, it was a pretty, pretty cool deal. Let's talk about this. Obviously, you're from Iowa. Uh, being on the Outlaw Series this year, how tough has it been? Because I feel like drivers that are west of the Mississippi River are already at a disadvantage with the Outlaws because you really don't race much of these southern tracks and stuff like that. What's been the biggest challenge for you so far? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's way different when you race down in the south. The tracks are a lot different, a lot sandier. Uh, like some of the lines you would think, like, you know, hitting the top real hard and stuff, like, instance Cherokee I guess it don't really work like that so it takes some getting used to even though it looks like it's really fast up there it's not but, um, definitely a different ball game what are your comfy tracks in 2021 with the outlaws obviously you're a two-time masters champion at Cedar Lake uh, we're getting ready to go to some big tracks around your area where, where can we see Ryan Gustin pick up a win this year hopefully at Fountain City I'm really looking forward to Fountain City um, we've had a lot of success up there it's just one of them tracks that we've got a lot of laps around, so hopefully it uh, plays in our favor. We can qualify good and keep it up front all night, maybe get our first home. It'd be awesome. 
Now, Ryan, we're 12 races into the season. What has been the learning curve for you so far racing against some of these veterans? Oh, everything about it. I mean, everything from the tires to the, the cars to the way you drive them. I mean, it's it's everything. It's not just one thing. It's it's multiple things. These guys, like I said, they're the best there is. And uh, we're honestly, we're just rookies out here trying to learn and do the best we can and just keep building our notebook bigger and bigger for the years to come. Ryan, you have one of the coolest nicknames in all of dirt late model racing and racing in general, the Reaper. Who who gave you that nickname? How did that come about? I don't even know, honestly. I think it might have been my, my old crew guy, Joey Sienowski. Um, But it, uh, it's definitely been a cool deal. It sold some t-shirts and a lot of talk about it. That's for sure. It's pretty cool. Talk to us about your crew, Brett and Noah. Those guys are fun. Obviously, we talk about a lot of teams. Some teams fall apart right after Speed Week. Some teams last a whole year. But your team, you've been with your team for a long time. Talk to us about how your team came about. Uh, Brett, Lottie Hoff, I mean, I grew up down the road from him, so I've known him basically my whole life ever since I was 10 years old, I guess. Uh, and Noah, he's become a really good friend also. He, he started helping us. Uh no, I guess mid 2019. And I mean, we just, we all get along real good. We're all from around the same area. So it works. Nobody's really that far away from home. And, uh, I don't know. Just, uh, it's all, a, it's all about what you make it, I guess, out here learning, you know, you gotta, you're gonna, you're gonna have your off nights and your good nights. You just gotta make the best of all of it. So when you're traveling to a racetrack, what usually goes on your playlist on a race day? Oh, I don't know. I don't really listen to a whole lot of music. I usually, uh, Try to go back there and get me a nap going down the road so we're refreshed and ready to go. We get to the races. The guys usually sit up front, jam out. That was the, the big music guy. I'm not really. Ryan, you're kind of cool, calm, and collected, but I know, like, the, the Ryan Gustin, like, I guess uh, to catch, like, the the non-business side of Ryan, like, give us, like, a what does Ryan do for fun when he's not at the racetrack? Oh, I don't know. We play a little bit of golf every now and again. I know Mr. Very good, but it's it's fun. Do a little bit of fishing. Uh, try to spend as much time with my kids as I can, obviously, because we're gone so much that that's definitely one of the downsides to running a national tour. But um, I mean, other than that, it's it's been all positive, and it's not near as bad as what it used to be. You know, like when I was driving for wrestling and stuff. Even when you're not racing, you're still seven hours from home, so it's. It's definitely nice where we're, when we're not racing, I still get to come home and see him. So. <laughs> now, when you're out golfing, have you ever gotten a hole in one before? Never. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to see if you were in the same boat as like most of us. I'm the same way. I might get lucky at a par three if that happens, but I, I don't think I can be anywhere near the driver. All right, Ryan. So what's a big race? Obviously, not in the I mean, on the outlaw circuit or dirt car racing that you'd love to win. Is there anyone that comes to mind? Any race that comes to mind? Nah, I mean, shoot, I think everybody wants to win the, the World 100 or the Dream, I guess. It'd be the, the, two, the two at the top of the dirt late model level, I guess, Knoxville or any of the crown jewels, man. It'd be awesome just to win one. Is there a driver on the tour that you look to for any advice when you're at the racetrack? Uh, I mean, if, if we're normally, if we're needing something, we try to uh, be ass Mark or somebody like that that's been around a long time. But, you know, he's going to give you a straight answer and um, just point you in the right direction, I guess. Any of the veterans. Um, you, you look at the points right now, Ryan, and obviously you, you've, Obviously, this past weekend you get hardship points, but right now you're tied for tenth in the points. And obviously, at the end of the year, you want to make a you want to make money, so you got to be in the top ten. Um, what's what's the the team chemistry like right now? What's happening? I know you guys have a big drive. Uh, what's the plan to make a comeback here this season? Uh, just hopefully get up in the Midwest. The biggest thing, like you've talked about before, we've been down south and just places we've never raced at before. It's uh, 
but we don't have any notes. We don't have a clue on the tires and stuff. That's another big thing is the tires down there is a lot different. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to get up in the Midwest or places we got some laps and kind of have raced that before and know what's going on a little bit more. I think that'll benefit us quite a bit just getting up to the Midwest here. You uh, obviously drove a dirt car mod at Florida and you won at Volusia one time, but obviously you're more of a USRA, USMTS type of guy. Do you still have, do you still have any modified stuff? Do you do any modified racing still? No, we got rid of about everything. I think about the only thing we got left is a shock and a couple of springs or something. But uh, we got rid of all that stuff. Like I said, it's just three of us. If we had a whole big crew and everything in a big facility where we keep our stuff, yeah, maybe. But we... Uh, we race out of basically a two-car garage, so we don't really have a whole lot of room like some of the other teams do. But um, if we had more room and more time, yeah, probably we would do some of it, especially now that we're paying 10000 to win every night. It'd be nice to maybe get a modified, do a little bit of that when we're not World of Outlaws racing. What are, what are the future plans for Ryan? Are you going to stay in late model racing? Are you going to go back to modifieds? What, where does Ryan sit right now? Uh, we're pretty committed to the late model deal, honestly. I mean, except we, we already got rid of all our modified stuff, and we're uh we're full full speed ahead on this late model deal so hopefully we can uh like i said just start running up front i think the midwest deal is definitely going to help us so getting up to some places we know be pretty crucial for us so we got the fans curious now and the reason why you weren't at richmond uh what what happened to the truck when you guys were driving down uh the uh what's it, the bearing that holds the fan hub on where the pulley goes around they come apart and it shot the fan through the radiator and basically everywhere that was halfway close had all the parts to fix it besides the radiator we couldn't find the radiators so we had to get towed all the way back back home and uh truck's supposed to be done tomorrow so hopefully we got all of our bad luck out of the way with the truck now you've always been an open racer and boone uh, is known for more crate racing have you been to boone before before uh, i raced there once in a stock car years ago that's kind of the crazy part is i don't have a whole lot of laps around any of these tracks around home because it's all been imca so I think I probably got a total of oh, 50 laps around Boone in a stock car. <laughs> so definitely not going to have much of an advantage on anyone there. Now Ryan, who would you say is your biggest idol growing up watching racing? Oh, I don't know. You, I mean, like me, I was always a modified guy. So I would say Mark Noble, Tim Donlinger, my dad. I mean, guys like that that kind of did most of USMTS winning back in the day, Ron Jones. And then, I mean, I'm like on the late model side, obviously, Bloomquist and Moyer and Steve Kenzer in the sprint cars. I mean, basically the same people that everyone looks up to. Now, let's let's say this. We're at a racetrack. It's intermission. The the drivers usually like to huddle on the top of the track. What are you guys, what are you guys talking about? Ah, uh, just what, what, the, what we think track's going to do, what line might be good, tire choice, uh, numerous different things. And it just kind of depends on, on what they're doing up the farm on the track or what you think it's going to do or whatever. I mean, it just could be anything, really, honestly. Now, obviously, you're more of a calm, collected kind of guy. But if you win this weekend at uh, at Boone, $30,000, what is the reaction going to be like? Uh, we'll be up on the roof screaming and yelling for sure. It'll be awesome. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, maybe we can get us one. If not over at Boone, I'm really hoping the Fountain City is, is our night. So at least one of them will be nice. Anytime that you can win any kind of a national touring series race, you've done something right. So hopefully, like I said, hopefully our time's coming sooner than later. Well, you guys have a lot of fight and a lot of, uh, you, you have big chip on your shoulder, and that's what we like. So definitely uh, good luck for the rest of the season, Ryan. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
Well, there you have it from Ryan Gustin. He's a man of not very many words. It's hard to get a little bit of words out of Ryan. Some of these late model guys are a little shy, but it's all right. We'll get to know Ryan as the 2021 season continues. Well, Mick wasn't able to join us for most of this episode due to being busy uh, at Bristol this past weekend with the Bristol Throwdown. He's doing a lot of content for being outlaw there, and he has a lot of projects on his hand. But he did have an interview with him and Dirt Car PR coordinator and esports director Jordan DeLucia. They both sat down with Dirt Car Esports Street Stock League point leader Tyler Jackson, who has won a cool opportunity to run a real-life street stock after winning a virtual race and that's pretty cool we talked about esports being more of a opportunity well guess what tyler jackson won a virtual race with dirt car esports won money and a trophy and now got the opportunity to drive a real street stock so get into it race fans it's a fun deal let's get into this interview with tyler jackson so what is what is your day job what's your regular job Oh, so my regular job, I am an aerospace. I'm a aerospace inspector. Uh, I used to assemble. We build, uh, we call them rats, um, ram air turbines. They're in the belly of the plane. And basically, you only know about them if uh, you lose power. So they, uh, they're an auxiliary power unit that helps you helps you uh, glide the plane down. Um, that miracle on the Hudson, that Sully, he used, he used one of our units to land that plane. Well, that's that's pretty awesome. So have you always had a love for motorsports? I mean, growing up in that area, you've got a lot of short tracks around you. Yeah, so I grew up, uh, I was at a racetrack. I think I was a week old. My dad raced, uh, he raced street beaters up at Wilmot, Raceway up in Wilmot, Wisconsin. Um, so started watching him. He ended up getting a UMP mod and then uh, only raced a few times, had some engine trouble and just kind of got away from the sport. So uh, I started karting as a kid and karted about, four, five, six years. Um, I was doing that and playing hockey both. And my parents kind of told me they picked the two most expensive sports they were. So choose one. So, uh, I was actually better at karting, but, uh, at the time I, I, I thought hockey was, uh, thought we were going to the NHL, you know? So, uh, looking back on it, I wish I would have stayed racing, but, uh, it is what it is. That's awesome. I can totally relate to that because I picked the exact two same sports. I was also a hockey player growing up in New York. And I was also, my father was an engine builder and he still is. And I also race quarter midgets as well. So I picked two very expensive sports. I can relate. That must be how you're a Chicago Wolves fan, huh? Yeah. Yep. Big Wolves fan. Uh, they started in, I think in 94. So I'd only been, I'm 33 now. Uh, I've been like seven then. So I've been watching them, uh, watching them since I was a kid. Boo. I'm also a Syracuse Crunch fan who also started in 94. So, uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, at least we like the same sport. That's, that's, that's right. All that matters. That's right. So um, this is awesome. I, I think the uh, the little um, you know the, the big connection here that you've got. Of course, you know you said you had you know your father with you know being a UMP modified racer eventually and and all that stuff. That's that's really awesome. And of course now you're going to have your own connection to Dirt Car, um, which of course you started um, you know doing with us here with with Dirt Car Esports races in the Chevy Performance Street Stock League. And um, I mean we I know we didn't have points last year, um, but I mean you won three races. You might as well have been the champion and. Uh, you're sitting pretty in points right now. I think you're still leading points uh, by 10 over Carl Kilgore won last week. Um, so, you know, you've, you've got a big uh, connection in the virtual dirt car round there. But, you know, now you're going to have a, a real one this year. You're going to go stock car racing um, uh, with uh, the uh, Osman uh, Racing. Uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about uh, how that whole deal came together and, and what the John Osmond Memorial is and all that. Yeah, so uh, Greg Osmond's a street stock racer in central Illinois down by Bloomington. And uh he always had a real race for his father. His father passed away, uh, called the John Osmond Memorial. It was usually at Macon. 
And I guess last year, because of COVID, they got into some higher racing stuff. I didn't run the first season with them, but uh, the second season they came out with a prize package that basically if you won the championship, you'd get to get in the real real car six to seven times. So uh, it was a 24-race season, and uh, they dropped four races, so they counted your best 20. And I beat out a uh, one of the pro racers by one single point, um, Dav- Davin Cardwell out of, out of Knoxville, Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, so now I'm uh, getting ready to uh, drive Greg's car. Uh, looking at the dates here, we're going to run Macon, May 31st, Farmer City, August 6th, Fairbury, August 28th, um, Champaign, Champaign County, September 24th, 25th. We'll be doing the Dirt Car Fall Nationals October 1st at Lincoln and October 2nd at Charleston. Have you had a race in that car yet, or you're still waiting to uh, hit your first one? No, we're looking. Uh, we've tried to schedule a couple practices, but with the way it rains here in April, we haven't we haven't got anything scheduled yet. Um, I've been down to his shop and helped him scale the car. And uh, actually, when the World of Outlaw Late Miles were down at Farmer City, I went and watched him. He raced that Friday night. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm looking to practice here, hopefully – Hopefully get some practice laps in. I don't want to embarrass myself or the or the iRacing community by any standard. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You know, we uh, talking about the iRacing community. You know, it, I being a, a having written about iRacing a little bit before even Dirt Car Esports was was founded last year. Um, I got a chance to uh, talk with uh, the what is it the 2019 World of Outlaws Morton Buildings Late Model iRacing World Champion Blake Majulis, uh now a, a pro race, uh, a pro series driver. Um, also Dirk Curry sports tour driver. He, um, came down to Charlotte uh, after he won the championship for the 2019 world finals. He got to do the, the ride there with Clint Boyer and the two seater late model and all that stuff. And after that, I, I talked with him a bit on the phone, uh, that following winter, um, about his like real world application. Um, you know, cause he actually got to drive a, a, a real late model for the first time. It was a crate, um, a crate engine car, but it was still, you know, very similar and got to take it out and, you know, you know, show off for the cameras and stuff. So I asked him, um, you know, a bunch of questions. I wrote an article about him, uh, about his real world application. So, you know, it turns the, the question over to you. How do you feel about um, the level of kind of realness, um, you know, that this simulation provides and what it might provide for you when you jump in the car for the first time? Yeah. Um, yeah. I follow, follow Blake Steele there. And I think Alex Bergeron did the same thing with the sprint car. I mean, uh, I'm fans, of, I'm fans of those guys, just like the real racers. I mean, these, these pro I racers are, they spend a lot of time on there, but they're, they're unbelievable. You know, I, I do all right. And then I race with them and I get 15th. It's like a win. But, uh, I mean, I, I wrote a couple things down here. I mean, um, the difference is, you know, you're not, you're not going to worry about your costs. You're not going to, uh, in iRacing, there's no, you hit escape. You don't have anything to repair. You know, there's no, uh, there's no pucker factor. You don't get scared for your life. You know, um, you don't, you don't feel the G's of the car. Um, I usually race most fixed setups. Um, I don't really spend the time at it to, to work. I'm not on a team. I don't work on my setup. So you're not in all equal equipment when you get out there in real life. Um, no mirrors. We got mirrors in eye racing, which I wish they'd get rid of and make it a little more realistic. Uh, no spotters. But uh, as far as the similarities, you know, uh, you chase the groove, um, dirt track, a lot of throttle control. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's still a steering wheel and pedals you're controlling. You know, you could be the best player at Madden in the world and, uh, just because you're good with your thumbs, you're not going to go play in the NFL. But I think this stuff, uh, I think this stuff is going to translate well. Um, I'm not, I don't, I don't have any expectations. You know, Greg's been racing 13 years and he doesn't go out and whip them. So I doubt I'll do better than Greg, but I just, I don't want to embarrass myself. And uh, I'm just really looking forward to it. Uh, 
kind of a dream come true. With your uh, background in, in aerospace engineering, are you uh, already trying to tweak the arrow on that that street stock you're going to get into? <laughs> I asked him a couple, you know, asked him a couple just setup questions. I don't really know. I don't know much about it. I've just been a fan. You know, I've I grew up. Like I said, I grew up watching my dad. I grew up uh, going out on LaSalle Speedway a lot, watching the uh, watching the Izzo brothers race, Tony and Joey and Dan Schlieper. And I mean, I'm just I'm just a huge fan. And uh, go to Eldora every year for the dream. And I don't know much of the ins and outs of the cars. It's probably why I stick to the the fixed stuff. But um, I'm just looking forward to it. It's it's you know he fires the engine up. It's a 500 horsepower car. I'm I got street cars with a lot less power than that, so it should be it should be interesting, you know. Do you have a, a particular love for gaming, or did iRacing just catch your eye because you were a motorsports fan? So I probably um, growing up, I played you know racing video games, but nothing nothing was really that I felt ever felt that realistic. And then once iRacing announced they were coming out with dirt, that's when I went and got it. I think uh, they announced it in 2016, and uh, so I was on there about a year before. The dirt came out. I ran a lot of asphalt stuff, but once the dirt came out, I really haven't looked back. And I, I really kind of focused on on one car because I really don't get on there as much as some of these guys to to jump around. That's that's the thing that people that watch that they think they all handle the same. And anyone that's done it, they the cars don't handle it all the same. So I kind of went with the street stocks. And as soon as uh, Greg put that league on, I knew I knew that's what I wanted to win. So I've been I've been kind of kind of a street stock warrior um been making a little bit of money made quite a bit of money in your uh your division last year and your series you know I, I i didn't really uh i didn't really go into this year to looking to win the championship or anything i just looking to have fun and right now we're sitting good in points so uh, it'd be really cool to get that to get that trophy you guys are offering up oh absolutely um you know you said before that you um had gone to eldora for the dream and you went to farmer city just this past month for the uh uh, the Illini heat races and stuff. Um, you know, I, I, do you plan to go on any other, um, you know, fans uh, or, or uh, trips to any uh, racetracks uh, for uh, just to be a fan this year at all? Any Hell Tour shows? Any AMS Mars type stuff? Yeah, I'll, uh, I was actually just in Bristol for the for the sprint cars um, over the weekend, and then uh, I already headed out to Arizona to watch a Wild West shootout. And then uh, as far as the rest of the year, I, I hit Fairbury a lot. I mean, it's about an hour and forty minutes from my house. And, I consider that the best quarter mile in the country. I might be a homer, but uh, yeah, I hit a lot of summer nationals races. Um, I'll be down there for uh, they're having an all star race. Be down there for that. Uh, any of the sprint car uh, world of outlaw sprint car shows that come around, I try to hit those. I I just love it. You know, it's, uh, it's there's nothing like it. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, gamers that are doing eye racing, a lot of them have never even gone to races. It's really surprising to me, but. Uh, once they go once, you just you get hooked. Wow, do you really mean that many people that haven't uh, actually gone to a real world race before? Yeah, some of these some of these guys on there are just uh, they're just gamers. I mean, uh, I don't almost almost computer nerd type guys. I mean, they just you know when you're in that app Discord, it shows what guys are doing. Uh, it shows what um, simulation they're in, and you'll see guys doing eighteen wheeler simulations and aircraft and farming simulations. There's just a lot of these guys are strictly just gamers. Um, I think some of the dirt guys are more are more probably uh, homegrown, probably go to tracks. But across all aspects, it's uh, you get a wide range of people. I'm I'm 33, like I said, I'm probably one of the older uh, older guys on there that's that's on there quite a bit. But uh, 
it's all fun. I think we need to set up a field trip with our esports drivers that haven't been to a race. Right. Oh, take them to a real race. Around a whole bunch. Of, well, we do actually do that. We do the and uh, we do a version of that where we actually offered up prizes last year for season one of Dirk Curry Sports, where if you won a last chance showdown or something like that, I think you got free tickets to the world the Driving World Short Track Championship oh, cool. in Charlotte. So we we did that. We actually had a few people show up. I think. Um, I don't know. I can't remember exactly who came, but I know there were a few guys that dipped in on it. So that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so did you know the Osmonds ahead of time? Or, I mean, nope. like personally? No, never, never met them. Uh, never even heard the name. You know, I, I, uh, pretty much just hit late model sprint car shows and I just happened to be on, uh, on discord and saw this, this ad and, you know, it says drive a real car in real life. And I figured to be practice or something, you know, and I started communicating with Greg and it was just, I couldn't believe it. You know, he's like, no, I'm going to get in there and race and, uh, some big races too. I mean, the fall nationals and, uh, yeah. uh putting me in a making and for the, for the first time in making, I don't know if that would have been my first choice being as tight as that place, is. <laughs> but, uh, but at least I'll be going slow if I hit anything, I guess. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's funny. Making is, uh, one of the tracks that, uh, you're going to be, you know, at this year to drive the, the street stock, I believe. And, uh, um, you know, it's incredible to, to see the schedule you've got, um, you know, for, for this year and, you know, and throughout 2021, you've got some races dotted on there, but what about 2022, 23, do you ever, you know, I know this kind of came in it's via iRacing this year, you kind of just won the series and, and had this opportunity offered up to you, but do you have like any future plans to try to do more? What happens if you really, really like this thing? Are you going to buy a car and go out and race yourself? Yeah. So that's kind of, kind of the plan. It's, uh, we'll get our feet wet this year and we'll make a decision, um, I got a I got a street car Camaro. We get that thing sold and maybe look into getting into getting into some sort of some sort of race car myself. I haven't really decided a division. Um, street stocks are lower cost, but some of the engines there's really no engine rule, so a lot of guys put some big money into that. So I really gotta weigh my weigh my uh, factors out on what I want to do. Um, my parents said they'd uh, kind of help me along, get me back get me back in it. So uh, yeah, as long as I don't go out there and I'm the I'm the slowest guy ever to hit the track. I, I do plan on uh, on getting something here within the next couple of years. Right. Now, by the time this uploads, um, actually tonight's esports race will have concluded. But the, so the next time you race after this is uploaded will be uh, at Lima Land, where you, last time you finished P4, but I believe you have a win there. Is that uh, is that comforting to go to a return track for you? Yeah. Uh, they, so they did that tire update a couple of weeks ago, and that's completely changed everything. You can't you can't even look at. Um, lap times or anything from previous races so it's going to change it, it usually lima land usually starts uh real fast around the middle of the track it moves up and then basically once that cushion wears out uh right along the tires will come back in the uke tires which i find it i find it a lot harder to drive down low and uh gotta use so much more finesse and brakes and it's a lot harder for people to do and i feel like once the track comes in i, I really like to run the bottom groove when i can so uh yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have a good race there. And tonight we're running Lernerville, and uh, hopefully you'll be reading about a win there uh, when you hear this. There you go. Absolutely. Uh, you got any sponsors you want to th- uh, thank before we hop off of here? Yeah, I got to thank. Uh, first, I'm going to thank Greg for uh, letting me run his car, and I'm running his paint scheme. And his main sponsors are Gift to Hope, GTR Simulator, uh, Rad Race Gear. Uh, and I got to thank uh, my real world sponsors or my real my real paint scheme sponsors, Jack's EDM. That's my my dad's wire DM business, uh, NC resources, my, uh, uncle's CNC repair business. I got to thank my girlfriend, Caitlin. Um, she's been putting up with me uh, playing this, playing this game as a grown man, you know? So, uh, she just graduated nursing school. So I really got to, uh, got to thank her for going 
going back to school and uh hopefully that'll be some race money when she starts making the big bucks <laughs> and uh, um and also i gotta thank jordan delucha for hooking me up with you guys you guys for interviewing me um dirt vision dirt car i, I really love that you guys are are bringing the emerging uh real world sanctioning body with with the iRacing and uh at the end of the day you know I'm, I'm gonna take this opportunity call some guys out you know call dale jr out tony stewart clint boyer jeff gordon any of them i think i think you guys should start start grabbing grabbing iRacers uh tony's got that nice little srx series that's a that's a fixed street stock series where i look at it so uh you know it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be me but there's there's guys out there Devin morgan uh alex bergeron evan evan say there's there's guys out there that can wheel cars. They just don't have the budget. So uh, that's that's what I really, you know, I really thought Greg doing this, and I thought this could maybe open some more doors. You know, you got you got a few guys out there already. Mike McKinney came from this. Uh, Josh Dale Jr. Uh, plucked Josh Berry off of here. William Byron uh, got Ty Majeski. He's got the top two I ratings in the in the world, and he's probably the best uh, asphalt super late mile driver in the country right now. So. Uh, I think we need an iRacing street stock, a UMP street stock. So I think uh, I think we need to get one of us out there. Yeah, I hear you. All right, thanks for joining us. That's uh, Dirt Car Esports Point Leader Tyler Jackson. Thank you, man. Thank you. There's a lot of opportunity out there in the iRacing world. I mean, it's 2021. We saw during the pandemic last year, we were paying big money for iRacing races. So it's pretty cool to see that, to get him that opportunity. And race fans, how we said in a previous episode, I believe it was episode six or seven. Go check it out. It's the one with uh, Jordan Delush on the eSports. Check it out. Sign up today. A lot of opportunity. You never know what a virtual race can get you into. This weekend on Dirt Vision, it's going to be good. You have Jacksonville Speedway uh, Thursday night with the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series. If you follow the Dirt Car Summer Nationals, you know Jacksonville Speedway. That was a heck of a race last time we were there between Bobby Pierce and Brandon Shepard. Shepard getting the victory, which is also in the vault. You go check that out. Um, Also, uh, Friday night, the World of Outlaws NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series are at the I-70 Motorsports Park. That's going to be fun. And obviously, we are at the Boone Speedway for opening night of the Hawkeye 100. And Friday, you also also have Attica Raceway. I'm telling you, you get what your money's worth with those Dirt Vision Fast Pass or the Platinum Pass. And then uh, Saturday, May 1st, we kick off the month of May with the World of Outlaws, Morton Buildings Late Model Series, Hawkeye 100. Yes. And then the World of Outlaws, NOS Energy Drink Sprint Car Series at I-70 Motorsports Park, plus Knoxville Raceway. So if you got three monitors, get Dirt Vision rolling. And then uh, how about this? May 4th, the Super Dirt Car Series at Bridgeport Motorsports Park. There is a lot on Dirt Vision this weekend. And you know what that means, race fans? The racing season is in full throttle. I mean, it's it's about to get hammered down. It's Summer Nationals right around the corner. It's a lot of great things happening. So, hey, keep it locked here to Stick Signals. Thank you so much for joining us for another great episode. We'll be back for episode number 12 next weekend. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend. 